0: This is our, our shorter podcast. We've got the full shows on SiriusXM Patriot, of course. We talked with Alex Marlow today. That was awesome, editor-in-chief. And um, he did an interview with Charlie Kirk. So we played that all in the 7 o'clock hour and then did uh, another uh, post game with Alex. It was great to see him. Hey, he's going to be, I think I mentioned that in the Clipper Point here, but he's going to be here on Saturday uh, from 10 to 1 here on uh, SiriusXM Patriot. So you can uh, call in, talk to him then. Uh, let's play the opening segment here of the show where i don't know how you interpret it like maybe some kind of good things that are coming out of congress that the republicans are kind of starting to move a little bit now i'm very frustrated at the republicans so i'm not thrilled about it yet they they haven't even done anything they're just starting to think about maybe moving Like they put the key in the ignition they haven't turned it and they certainly haven't put it in drive and they're not making any forward progress at all but i guess the keys in the ignition is better So I don't know, maybe you're more excited than I am about it, but we do a quick run through here and then we'll talk to one of these congressmen who I think will make you uh, grateful and excited for uh, where we're moving. So we'll do all that and uh, we'll start with our opening segment here. Stuff. So we talked to MTG the other day, and we said, Marjorie, we're tight. Marjorie, what's up? You had a second vote to impeach Mayorkas, and you took it down. What gives? And she said, Oh, well, Mike Johnson, the Speaker, promised me that there would be an impeachment vote against Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, but through a different committee. It wouldn't have to be just right to the floor. It would go through a committee and there'd be different good things about doing it that way. And he promised me it would happen. So I took it down my effort and we'll we'll let it go through the the committee. But he said it would. Do you think they will? Mike Johnson promised. But we've been burned before. So I did not think so. But then yesterday we got word that Mike Johnson is moving forward with a vote to open up an impeachment inquiry against Biden. So this is not an impeachment vote, which in and of itself isn't much of anything. Like most people think impeachment means removal from office. But even that's just impeachment, which then moves the ball forward to the Senate to have a trial to whether or not to convict and remove. Right? So it's all just different steps on the process. So even impeachment itself isn't the biggest deal in the whole world. But this isn't even that. This is an impeachment inquiry, which gives Congress more power to do some, some fact-finding and stuff like that. Uh, the vote is going to be the week of December 10th. Is that next week? Yeah. So the vote's going to be sometime next week to open up a formal impeachment inquiry. And it's going to need pretty much every Republican to do it. Mike Johnson said, the House has no choice if it's going to follow its constitutional responsibility to formally adopt an impeachment inquiry on the floor so that when the subpoenas are challenged in court, we will be at the apex of our constitutional authority. All the moderates in the conference understand that this is not a political decision. This is a legal decision. This is a constitutional decision. And whether someone is for or against impeachment is of no import right now. So you you can be for impeachment inquiry even if you're not open to impeachment for whatever reason uh johnson says we have to we have to continue our legal responsibility and that is solely what this vote is about so that should be encouraging i think right i mean at least they're moving (laughs) the vote hasn't happened yet and knowing the republicans they may vote this down but if you need one more thing to maybe give you a little bit of hope is mike johnson took out of the defense authorization bill, the FISA court reauthorization. Now this is a whole big thing, but to uh, to explain, but the FISA court had 300,000 abuses over just a one year period. That's not, that's not, that's a lot. That's a lot of, we should look into that. That should be, we should change how that works then. So we can have a nationwide conversation about it, but in order to have a conversation about it, you can't just slip it into this massive defense bill. It needs to be its own thing. That's one of the main things that I think conservatives are looking for. Is if you're gonna do, if you're gonna pass a bill, have it be about specific things, specific important things. You can't put a thousand important things into one big bill. Omnibus. Oh, you called it omnibus. It's just everything. No, no, stop. Knock it off with that. This is a big deal. A FISA court. We should talk about it. Get people on the record. Hold people accountable. Don't just slip it into a a giant bill. So Johnson took it out of the bill, which is what conservatives wanted. And then there was another effort to slip it back in, try to sneak it back in, and Johnson stopped that. Uh, This is a congressman from Ohio, keeping FISA out of this uh, NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, is a victory for the American people who demand the end of warrantless government surveillance. I applaud Speaker Johnson's decision to not cave to the Biden administration, Christopher Ray, and the entire intel community. Okay, so listen, I'm not a, I'm not a patient person when it comes to things. I shouldn't say that. I um, I expect things to get done very quickly. I expect things to get done too quickly. I'm just like, do it. You know what I mean? Like, just do the Whatever you got to do, just to get it done. And I'm like that with everything. It's not great. Um. Uh, uh, I shouldn't even say this, but like we, uh, th- there's a project that will be starting on January 2nd here on Breitbart News Daily, and the idea for it happened in uh, June. So I'm like, uh, let's go, let's start, and uh, I'll give everyone some time. We'll do uh, July 1, or let's do Fourth, Fifth of July. We'll go right after the Fourth of July. Everyone gets back Fourth of July. We'll do well. Now it's another Fifth of July, and everyone's like. Uh, let's try august or september i'm like what are you august or september what are you talking about let's just go come on press the button and put the cords in and uh, we'll do the thing and we'll make it happen and now it's january 2nd (laughs) and i was talking to one of the bosses yesterday and they're like well maybe january 8th so i don't i'm not patient with that stuff so i would go nuts if i was in congress but it seems like things are moving forward. They were quick to expel George Santos. That seems like that went pretty quickly. And they really did. Is he gone now? Is that it? Is that it for George Santos? Like vote, expel, boom, you're out. I don't know if we, do we ever really talk about George Santos here? George, George Santos, like I think there is a documentary being made about him. There's gotta be. There's got to be serial liars. Serial liars are very f- interesting to me. And there's a lot of them in D.C., I imagine. There is there is a Netflix documentary about a guy. is uh, known as the Tinder Swindler. Have you seen this documentary? And this guy, he meets girls on Tinder, and he acts super rich. He does things that super rich people do, like, hey, on our first date, fly on my private jet to Paris. <laughs> women are like, what? And he takes them to five-star, super-exclusive hotels and picks them up in Rolls Royces. And like, he's actually, like, he's really doing that. He's not just saying it. He, like, really will pick you up and you go private jet or whatever. And then once you're hooked, he said, this guy will be like, oh, my credit card got declined. My business credit card got declined because... I, I don't know i'm selling the company or we're in the middle of a big business deal so we got to i need to borrow a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and the women are like i don't have a hundred thousand dollars She's like oh just take out a personal loan i'll pay it back next week and the women are like sure and then he they, they, she gives him a hundred thousand dollars and then he would keep doing it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be like see you later sucker he would stay with her and then be like ah oh, i need another hundred thousand dollars And the girl's like, I don't have it. like, oh, give me your credit card. And then he would max out like 10 credit cards and the huge loans. And then he would eventually leave. And and he would use all that money to take out another girl. It's unbelievable. And then there was another uh, Netflix documentary about this woman. I forget what it was. Like this woman pretended to be like this socialite, this New York City socialite. And she was actually broken homeless. But she would go and she'd like get all these big bank loans and deals and like her fake she's my fake business like how do these people get away with this stuff i think people love these scam stories because we try to do our best and can't get away with anything i've never called in sick when i've not been sick i don't know if i've ever called it maybe i've called sick. Well, I guess I've called sick if I've had like the flu or something like this. So maybe I've I've called it sick like a handful of times, but I've never called in sick when I've not been sick. Like playing hooky, I feel like I I, I never play because I feel like I'd get detention or something. <laughs> like I don't know. Like oh, I can't, I can't call in sick if I'm not sick. Oh, that would be terrible. It'd be awful. I, what am I gonna? And here's George Santos, is calling up rich people pretending to be uh, uh, Speaker McCarthy's aide to get huge donations and he would, he would pocket it for his campaign. Do you know what I mean? George Santos would call pretending to be John uh, uh, Speaker McCarthy and raising money for Speaker McCarthy, but he would actually put it in his own bank account. Like, how could you do that? Literally, how can you operate in your life like that? How, uh, and how can you do that and make it so far? You're telling me you can make that all the way to the halls of Congress. There are legitimately good people who have run for Congress. And if not one, and you can lie all the way, and then the big question is, how different is everyone else? <laughs> how different are the rest of the people in Congress from George Santos, really? But what's one of like the go-to lies to get out of work? It's like, oh, my grandma's in the hospital, and that's not true. It's like like the quintessential, you know, it's like the stereotypical lie. George Santos running around saying his mom died on nine eleven. I'm afraid I'm going to forget something on my taxes. And the IRS is going to murder me in front of my children for missing something. And the, like the, like the IRS is going to treat me like I'm some sort of drug kingpin from Columbia. Like I like stay up at night thinking like, Oh, I hope I didn't miss something on my taxes. I don't even like, cause you have to like guess on your taxes, like a lot of stuff. So like, I don't know. You fill out these questions and you're like, I don't know the answer to that. Skip and like, I'm gonna like the IRS is gonna come down on me and, and destroy my life. And here Santos is using his uh, campaign money on an OnlyFans account and a Hermes hand. Docs, and he's fine. I mean, they'll go fine. He'll get expelled. Big deal. But he's not. He collected twenty four thousand dollars in unemployment benefits. He wasn't unemployed. He lied about. The college he went to, he said he was a star college volleyball player. And he never played volleyball. Have you seen him before? I think he, I think if he said he was a star volleyball player, I think he'd be like, mm, I don't think so. I don't think he were. But he got away with it for a while. Said he went to NYU. Didn't. Said he worked for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup on Wall Street. He didn't. Said he started an animal charity. He didn't. Said his grandma died in the Holocaust. didn't. She didn't. Said his five-year-old niece was once kidnapped. She wasn't. The Big Whopper was... He said he was not a drag queen in Brazil. He was. His his goal was to be Miss Gay Rio de Janeiro. And instead he had to settle for US congressman. Which is kind of a step down actually in prestige. You know, he He said he said uh, you know he he uh, shot for the moon and if he missed he landed amongst the stars. He shot to be Miss Gay Rio de Janeiro. Things didn't quite work out, so he ended up a US congressman. Uh, I don't know which one's your favorite. He said he was in Hannah Montana, and he was in an Uma Thurman movie called The Invasion, and there was no Uma Thurman movie called The Invasion. At least make up an Uma Thurman movie that actually is an say you're in an actual Uma Thurman movie, but he just made up a whole different movie and and like got away with it. All the way to Congress. He said he was one of the producers of Spider Man, that like that Spider Man uh, show on Broadway. But if that were true, then he would have been doing that at the same time he was a star volleyball player in college. He was none of those things. So he made it all the way to Congress. It's pretty impressive. And they expelled him. They kicked him out. So now there's going to be a uh, vote, a special election there in the next uh, t- t- like 70 or 80 days or something. They have to do it, and it's a blue district. I think Biden won that in. It's the wealthiest district in New York, which is pretty wild. And it's a blue district, and Biden won 54. percent So it's crazy that a Republican even won that in the first place. And I don't think they'll win this, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But sixth member of Congress expelled. The only person who's ever been expelled uh, after, uh, while not being convicted of a crime or a member of the confederacy so i don't love that precedent i don't love the precedent that there's an ethics complaint and that's enough to expel someone from congress i don't think he was causing any harm i think he was staying pretty quiet when he was in congress just let him walk around the hallways and just be done his terms almost over anyway And if I, was George, if I was George Santos, I think he's out. I think he's done. That, that's over. But if I was George Santos, I would have spent this last year doing nothing but tearing down the entire Republican Party. <laughs> I, swear, I, would have, I would have made sure I exposed so much that 30 other congressmen were expelled at the same time. He should have been running ethic complaints against every single Republican. Go down swinging, man. Got nothing to lose. Maybe George Santos could have been the guy who drained the swamp. Exposed the people who lie and make money and get away with it better than him. That would have been a good use of the first year. Alas, Alas he didn't. He's gone. So listen, Republicans, uh, tough on that. Tough on George Santos. But Mayorkas, oh, got to follow the process. He didn't really break any laws. He didn't really commit a crime. That's my fair. We've talked to two congressmen who didn't vote to impeach Mayorkas. Oh, he didn't commit any crimes. Jeez, guys. All right, so... I had zero hope in the Republican Party yesterday morning. Now I'm having a little bit more hope with the FISA bill, with impeachment inquiry. None of these things really happened yet, so I don't want to get too excited. And I don't think it will actually lead to an impeachment. But they're doing something. part news daily we were supposed to talk with congressman chip roy but he lost his voice he brought he brought it too hard to his floor speech yesterday lost his voice so we'll try to talk to him tomorrow or when he gets it back Uh, but we did talk with another congressman andrew clyde from northeast georgia who's one of the co-sponsors of the cars act but we do the run-through of it all because things are moving in dc as we just talked about here is congressman andrew clyde from georgia hey congressman how are you sir
1: Hey, good morning. I'm doing fine. How are you, sir? It's
0: good to talk to you. Yesterday we talked to Tim Wahlberg uh, about the CARS Act. So I want to get to that in a minute. Um, But first, I want to ask you about the the big story of the day, which is the word from Speaker Johnson that there will be a vote next week. It it sounds about an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. How are you going to vote on that, sir? Uh,
1: I'm excited about that vote. I think that's the right thing to do. I think it's very important that we have an impeachment inquiry, a vote on it. It actually gives us a little greater legal backing to hold the White House and the executive accountable. So I would certainly be in favor of that.
0: What about the argument, sir, that uh, this, is a wit- this is a witch hunt and it will only make them stronger?
1: <laughs> well, uh, How about you go to the website that we have at clyde.house.gov forward slash Biden crime family, where we have accumulated the evidence that the Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee and the um, Ways and Means Committee have put out uh, that shows unequivocally uh, what the Biden crime family has been doing, that they have been peddling uh, the Biden name for cash. And cash to go into their bank accounts and to pay them and to enrich the Biden family, it's pretty evident. I think uh, Chairman Comer and, and um, Chairman Jordan and Chairman Smith have done phenomenal jobs when it comes to exposing the crime. And uh, this is the great, in my opinion, this is the greatest uh, uh, criminal act of a president in my entire lifetime.
0: That's a bold claim, sir. And crime is, is a strong word. Um,
1: it is a very strong word. But the evidence is there. <clears throat> you know, you can see it. $40,000 right there going directly into Joe Biden's account. 10% for the big guy from a $400,000 payment that Hunter Biden raked in. I mean, we can't close our eyes and say there's nothing there. There is. And um, and it's pretty evident. And it needs to. Uh, so we need to have this vote. And we will take it from there.
0: How can the Republican Party break through the media and make this digestible to the average person as opposed to this like vague like oh you know where there's smoke right but it's got to be like no he did this how can you do that
1: well i mean i think you're part of it right here uh you know the conservative media getting the message out i mean just like the the fbi form fd1023 the fbi did not want to give that form up whatsoever but a whistleblower already provided it to our, our fantastic Senator Grassley. And so the FBI was forced to admit that it's a legitimate document. It's a legitimate human source. And my word. So Joe Biden got five million dollars and Hunter Biden got five million dollars from Burisma for for engaging on their behalf to get the, the prosecutor fired. I mean, this is bribery and this is this is incredible corruption at the highest levels, where a billion dollars was leveraged. A billion dollars of taxpayer money was leveraged so that their their personal family finances could be enriched. Well, it's I, stunning.
0: What, what, oh, never, but, you never – but Joe didn't get any of the money, Congressman. Uh, it was just his son. And, you know, that happens all the time. It's not a big deal, people in D.C. using their leverage for lobbying and whatnot. But they never personally enriched Joe. you
1: know, it's amazing how the story has constantly changed. Uh, And you can go back to, oh, Joe Joe never had any business dealings with his son. Never. I mean, never talked business. You know, oh, well, you know, he never actually talked to his business partners. Um, um, You know, he was never actively involved in the decision-making process. You know, the story constantly changes because the Evidence comes out to show that, indeed, Joe Biden was intimately involved in all of these decisions um, because he was the leverage. Joe Biden, the name Biden with Joe behind it was the leverage. The phone call from the dad, I'm sitting here with my father, you know, uh, if this were President Trump, Um, my word, they would have buried him under the jail by now.
0: (laughs) Uh, Congressman, did you vote to impeach the head of the Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas?
1: Absolutely. That guy needs to go, too. I mean, he's just as bad. Uh, He he is. It's though it's a a different type of crime. You know, this, in my opinion, is not faithfully executing his oath of office, for one, uh, and causing an invasion disaster. At our southern border. Mayorkas needs to go and I'm looking forward to the next vote to impeach Mayorkas. Um,
0: Congressman McClintock when we talked to him said that Mayorkas has not committed a high crime or misdemeanor and being bad at your job and following orders from the president is not a crime.
1: Well and that's his, certainly his opinion and he's certainly welcome to it. Uh, I strongly disagree.
0: What about expelling George Santos? How'd you vote there? Uh,
1: I I voted to not expel George Santos. You know, the standard since the Civil War has been, and we've we've had two uh, members of Congress that have been expelled, um, but that standard has been conviction of a crime in a court of law, Uh, not the ethics committee, which is not due process. Uh, And so for us to have lowered the bar and and lowered the standard of of expulsion to simply uh, being accused of a crime uh, and and not having due process their fair day in court to defend themselves against it. You know, George Santos and I, in many um, uh, decisions and many votes, are are opposite. You know, I I mean, I I don't agree with a lot of George Santos's position, but but he deserves – Uh, to be here because the third the people of the third district of New York put him here you know who who am I short of a conviction in federal court or or a court of law um, who am I to tell the folk the voters of New York's third district no you can't have representation from the person that you elected no that's not appropriate
0: yeah and I think it's up to them to decide if they want him back it most
1: certainly is
0: Man, we, we do it every two years, as, as you know. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> like it's, I bet it's super annoying, actually, to, for you to do it every two years. Uh, but alas, that's the referendum that, that exists.
1: Well, I think it's actually very important because we're members of the House, and the House is in charge of the purse. So I think the founding fathers were very, very um, – uh, I mean, they had great insight because they wanted the members of the House closest to the people, And the way that you do that is you make their election every two years as opposed to the Senate, which was every six years and originally was supposed to be uh, by the legislatures of each state and not by the people. So, you know, having House members elected every two years, yes, it's a it's a difficulty sometimes and it cuts into some of what we do, um, but it keeps us close to the people. And I think that's very important because it's not our money to spend. It's the people's money.
0: We're talking with uh, Congressman Andrew Clyde, Northeast Georgia. We'll talk with uh, Chip Roy in just a minute here uh, about more about the impeachment stuff. But I want to talk to you about the CARS Act. Were you one of the co-sponsors of this along with Congressman Wahlberg?
1: Well, not just one of the co-sponsors. Actually, I co-led the bill with Congressman Wahlberg. So 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 he and I are co-leads on the bill itself. So absolutely phenomenal bill. I think it's a a great piece of legislation that will hold the EPA um, to account. It will strike down their rule that basically uh, eliminates uh, gas-powered vehicles um, for the most part by 2032. I mean, in nine years, they expect to go from 6% electric vehicles to almost 70% electric vehicles. That's just insane. And when you try and do that by um, rulemaking, by the EPA rulemaking, you know tailpipe emissions, uh, engine emissions, then you're forcing manufacturers to do something that they don't want to do, all right, that, that endangers their businesses. And also, you're forcing the consumers to buy something because nothing else is available. That's not the role of government. That is not our role to tell consumers what they can buy and what they can't buy when it comes to automobiles. Um, we are America. We have freedom here. You know, they're not illegal. You know, they're not. They're not killing us, you know, like some illegal drug would. Um, this is a, an opportunity uh, to take down a, a an EPA rule, a very, very dangerous EPA rule. And uh, I think we're uh, I think we're going to do it today, too.
0: So oh, it's to, to vote today. Great. Um, yeah. So Congressman uh, Wahlberg, who we talked to yesterday, he represents Detroit. So yeah. I, I know why he cares. It makes sense to him, right? It's where the cars are made. Why do you uh-huh. care? You're in Georgia.
1: Well, I, I care because I think America. Because I care about America. You know, um, we need to ensure that the greatest beacon of freedom in the entire world stays free. And you know what the EPA is doing here. If you really get down to the very basic level, it's about control. It's about control of the American people. Control of what they can buy. And, um, you know, what's next? You know, first was gas stoves, and now it's gas-powered vehicles. Yeah. Um, no, the government is not here to control the people. You know, the government is there to protect the people and to allow the people the freedom that is enshrined in our Constitution. Uh, so, so, in fact, you know, we have a, a number of electric vehicle manufacturers in Georgia, my home state, all right? But people have – they deserve the choice. Uh, to buy whatever they want, and the free market needs to determine whether we build more electric vehicles or we don't, not customer. the what government. If,
0: yeah, what if, what if um, the, the market just needs, it needs a little bit of a push, Congressman, you know, just to get it over that hurdle to make it a feasible thing?
1: Then let the free market do it. I mean, that's what we're all about here. You know, these things about, um, uh, about subsidies for electric vehicles – we should not be in the, in the business of determining winners and losers, because that's what government subsidies do. You subsidize one business against another business. So we're subsidizing electric vehicles against gas-powered vehicles. No, that's not the, the proper um, responsibilities of government. Government should be staying out of our lives as much as possible, not involving themselves in determining what we can buy and what we can't buy.
0: It's a story on Breitbart.com right now. It just popped up uh, that in twenty twenty one Congress allocated seven point five billion dollars to build tens of thousands of electric vehicle chargers across the country. Because that's one of the arguments, Congressman, is that people actually really do want these cars. There's just not enough charging stations. So okay, all right, so let's let's spend seven and a half billion on charging stations and then people will will want the cars. Uh, so two years later, not a single charger has been built out of that seven point five billion dollars
1: amazing um look at the efficiencies of government here uh you're right not a solitary charger from that from that uh, set aside of money has been built it's ridiculous to think that americans really want this they don't they don't want this and in fact um uh, you know electric vehicles they have their place they most certainly do um but it's not for everybody. In fact, in my opinion, and I think the uh, consumer uh, buying statistics will will bear this out.
0: It's not for most people. Yeah, you know we have a lot of truckers listening, Congressman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we had a trucker call and he did the math on how big the batteries are, how heavy the batteries are, uh, and therefore how much cargo space he would then have left. And I forget the math, but it's like he could carry like twenty five percent of the cargo that he currently can carry due to weight, with if it was an electric truck, which is what they're also pushing. They want trucks, the you know, the big AT wheels, to be electric too. So, so, so everything would be five times as expensive, uh, just to ship everything everywhere. Because it's not just the cars they're pushing, right?
1: And, and it would be four times less efficient too. You know, and and here we what we want to do is we want to become the most efficient. When we're the most efficient, then in reality, um, we're the best conservationists too. And I don't see electric vehicles, and because you're right, they're heavier. It requires more energy to move them. Uh, You get fewer electric vehicles on a car hauler because of the weight. Uh, You know, Everything means a greater expenditure of energy to do the exact same thing. Is that successful? No. No, that's not successful at all. And we're going backwards here. So, um, you know, gas-powered vehicles are going to be here for a very, very long time, you know, until we find something else. Um, and <clears throat> we have the energy here in our own soil to support it, too. And, um, and energy is what makes our economy roll uh, successfully and profitably. And that's what we need to be using, the energy that we've got. Not trying to overload a grid that we don't have the, the electricity to support.
0: Here's as, as concerned as I am about what the bill or what, what the EPA was doing with the electric mm-hmm. vehicle mandates. Um, I'm more concerned or also concerned about how, how they're doing it. Uh, Cause it's not a bill in Congress. It's an EPA regulation and that should be a huge concern for everyone. Even if it's something you do support. Right. What's, right. What...
1: Think about this. Uh, think about this, Mike, you have the EPA unelected bureaucrats cr- making a decision that it takes the entire United States Congress a vote on, the Senate to vote on, and the president to actually sign the bill in order to take down what an unelected bureaucrat in the EPA has made a
0: decision to do. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's, that's That really is the story, more even than the cars.
1: I, I mean, it, it's incredible the power that we have given unelected bureaucrats. You know, this is truly the, the fourth branch of government here, and, uh, and it's taking... A, a tremendous amount of Congress's time to shut it down. You know, fortunately, we're doing it, but this is unacceptable. You know, every rule that, that, um, uh, that unelected bureaucrats make that affects Americans like this should have to be approved by Congress, in my opinion, before it actually becomes a functional rule, not the other way around, not it becomes a functional rule and then Congress has to take it down, Oh, you know, Congress makes the law. Congress um, interprets how the law is supposed to be executed. So, no, um, this is not the way it should be. But but I'm glad that, that this bill is is uh, that Rep. Wahlberg and I are leading uh, is going to have a vote. I'm I'm confident that it will pass and I'm confident that Americans will be better for it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because the justification for the federal bureaucracy is that you, congressmen, you don't understand the ins and outs of environmental protection. So we need to have the experts who can stay there forever and really know this stuff. But you're suggesting, sure, they can come up with the rules, but they can't just institute it. It should be, they've come up with a rule, propose it to you, the the peons who don't really understand, and convince you that it's good, and then you vote on it.
1: That's correct. That's the way it should be.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense, of course. Last question, Congressman. I'll let you go. Um, Can you... I'm curious how this rule works, though. And I'm, because uh, I want to see how they do this with other things too, because I don't understand this line. If the rule is finalized, 67% of new sedan crossover, SUV, and light trucks, up to 50% of bus and garbage trucks, 35% of short haul freight tractors, and 25% of long haul freight tractors could be electric by 2032. Why the percentages? I don't, like, what does the rule specifically say that it would only affect 67% of new cars? And not a hundred percent of the new cars. Does that make sense?
1: Uh, it, it does. Um, I think what they're doing is because the rules actually um, uh, aggressively in implementing emission standards for light and, and medium duty vehicles. Uh, as a result, it, it's a you know they're trying to do this you know aggressively but gradually in in that respect. So does it affect all of us? Yeah, it affects every solitary one of us. But they're going to eventually, in my opinion, they're going to try and get to a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, 2032 mm-hmm. is just is just 67 uh, percent, um, and and for yeah. them to require these percentages for automobile manufacturers to comply with, uh, you know, is that is their path to implementing their policy of making the entire country use electric vehicles, which incidentally would enrich China much more than it would ever serve the United States of America, because China is the number one producer of electric batteries, and they've got like 90 percent of the world's supply locked up right
0: now. Congressman, how are we going to get how are we going to get Georgia to be a red state again? What are we doing here? Georgia, blue state.
1: (sighs) Folks have to get out and vote. You know, I, I believe we're really a red state. We just need to get out and vote. And encourage people to to uh, you know, talk to your neighbor, get out and vote. Vote vote what you're you know, what you believe and Georgia will be a red state again.
0: Georgia, a blue state. Give me a break. Your district's not. You won with seventy three percent of seventy three percent. You're these red as they get. And, hey, uh, the
1: ninth district is not just the most Republican. Well it's not just the most beautiful, it's also the most Republican yeah, in the district. Both, in the both state. Of those, so both of I love those Georgia's it is. ninth district.
0: Yeah, uh, Congressman Andrew Clyde. Appreciate you, Congressman. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mike. Great Have to a great be here. Great day. You. Uh, northeast Georgia, right there. I'm American made. I got American parts. I got- Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. Again, you get the full show on SiriusXM Patreon every day, 5 to 8. I say 5 to 8. 5 to 8 Central Time, 6 to 9 Eastern. Um, Coming up tomorrow, the great Dr. Sebastian Gorka will be here as he is every Thursday at 8 o'clock. We'll see you then. Mike Slater, Bright Part News Daily. Spread the word.